Welcome to this Local Beat online mini exclusive. My name is Adam Kincaid. I'm the host of the Local Beat on 88.1 WKNC. Today I'll be talking with Adam from A Rooster for the Masses, a band out of Raleigh, North Carolina. They're releasing their third album, No One Is Ready, April 15th at King's Barcade. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to talk a little bit, just jump right off the bat here, about No One Is Ready. It's your third album, but it's also been two and a half years since the last one. What's been going on in that time? A whole lot of everything. Everything from a little bit of lineup changing to having uh, my first child, just to working on these songs in general. In the past uh, two and a half, three years, we've just been really working on the songs, uh, focusing on writing. We have a new member. Uh, so in between everything, that just sort of gave us time to work on this album uh, and just make sure it was the best uh, release that we could do. Adam, contrary to other bands that may put out an album, you know, maybe one or two a year, you guys are the exact opposite. You put out an album about every two and a half years or so. We could have an album out a year, but maybe we've in that time we've written 15 songs or 20 songs. But instead of just throwing out everything that we sort of think of, we sort of refine it a little bit, make sure that we play it and practice it and have it right. Um, we want to make sure that we're putting out, you know, a good quality song when we release it. Uh, not to say that anyone else it doesn't do that when they go faster. It's just sometimes it takes us a little longer on the, the refining process. So when you recorded this album or when you started to put it together, how many songs did you have originally that you had to sort of cut down to? So I would say we probably had about 15 songs, and then we cut it down to seven, and then we wrote three songs that we were very happy with, so we ended up with 10 songs total in the album. Yes. 
As far as differences in your other albums, I mean, you guys certainly have sort of a reggae feel, certainly a disco feel, pop rock. I mean, lots of different genres to, to pull from when we mm-hmm. listen to your music. Sure. What about this album? How does it? How's it different? How does it stand out, if at all? Is, is it the same? So, I mean, the same thing. We are, we're always experimenting with different sounds, different textures, different feels, different styles and genres and music. I don't think, I mean, we're not a fusion band or anything, but we definitely like to pull from different styles, definitely different eras of music as well. I mean, we have a strong influence from the 70s and 80s in the music. Never afraid to just start with like a small section of a song that is sort of an idea someone had and we all embellish it on it. So this album, though, I definitely would say it has some of the pop and disco aspects in it, but it's more of a a solid rock uh, album. I think it portions, it may have a slight ACDC feel. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's some (laughs) rock songs that are straight ahead. Now, maybe not quite as simple as that. Definitely, this was a very guitar-forward album. Talking with Adam Eckhart here of A Rooster for the Masses, band out of Raleigh, North Carolina. They're releasing their third album, No One Is Ready, April 15th at King's Barcade. There's two other bands playing the show, uh, Decoration Ghost, a band out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and some other local favorites, River City Ransom. Uh, Decoration Ghost, tell me a little bit about that group. I I don't know a whole lot about them. So uh, Decoration Ghost, there's some great guys out of Greensboro. Um, They contacted us not too long ago through some friends uh, in another uh, Greensboro band called Citified. We had played a show with Citified. I know Citified. Yeah, Yeah. they're good guys. Uh, And so they sort of got us in contact about playing a show in Greensboro, and we met them, and it was like meeting brothers, which happens sometimes. I mean, not that everyone, all musicians get along real well, but sometimes there's people that you sort of hit it off real well with. And yeah. Decoration Ghost are definitely those guys. Their, uh, their last album was really, really great. It was recorded by Snooze. Good guys. Good guys, definitely, for sure. And River City Ransom, uh, I, I assume that they're just close friends of you guys, you know, to play at your CD release show. So, yeah, we've known Blake for a little while, um, and the guys have been very supportive. So um, we were talking about doing a benefit that didn't turn out, and it just seemed like a good choice to have them play with us as well. Yeah. And, again, that's April 15th at King's Barcade in Raleigh. It's an all-ages show. Tickets are $6 in advance, $8 at the door the night of. But I want to talk a little bit about the lineup changes uh, with the Rooster for the Masses. I mean, you guys have been through quite a few members, but it's all ended well with each each one of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we just sort of, as time goes by, sometimes people move on um, into other places. You know, it hasn't really been an issue. If anything, it's been been a good thing uh, when someone moves on. We get some fresh blood, some new ideas come into the band. Everyone's really enthusiastic. Everyone that has left the band has been on very amicable terms. I mean, our first bass player and guitar player live in Brooklyn, and whenever we play in that area, we stay with those guys and have a great time. So it's been a great long ride. I mean, we've been together for almost seven years now, so... Things are going to change from time to time. Why do you guys have so many lineup changes? Why does that happen? Uh, I, th- I mean, like I said, people just sort of move on. They're moving somewhere. They've got mm-hmm. a career or they have a child. I mean, there's a lot of life changes. Now, just as, as we, we sort of progress through life, people move on, go and do what they need to do. We're not going to hold anyone back from uh, pursuing their dreams. Well, you've been here the whole time, though. I yeah, mean- so yeah, absolutely. Uh, myself and Wes, the guitar player, I mean... We've definitely been the base that's hold, held the band together. There have been times that we could have just sort of walked away from it and maybe started something new or a new project, but we felt pretty strongly about the the back catalog of songs and what Rooster stands for that we decided we wanted to keep it together. And uh, each time we had someone move on, it's sort of someone else has fallen into place, and so it just made sense to keep going. So you have no desire to maybe take a different road, a new adventure. You want to stick with a rooster? I definitely do. I mean, if there was a chance to do something else that was really interesting, I think the thing is we have a lot of freedom in this band because we haven't sort of pigeonholed ourselves in a certain genre. So if we want to play a certain type of song, we're going to do it. And that's sort of the beauty of what we always 
had talked about from the get-go is just exploring any avenue and every avenue we can musically uh, so we can not get bored and things stay fresh for us. I think that's maybe what sometimes happens with bands when they break up. I mean, it could be personal things, but sometimes people sort of exploit a certain genre to an extent that or that sort of theme that they get tired of it and they just decide to start something new. Adam, you and Wes, you've been together for seven years now. You know, a lot of bands don't Happily make it that far. married couple. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't, a lot of bands don't make it that far. What, yeah. what, uh, what sets you guys apart? How do you, how do you make it work? Well, if you look at the people that you play in the band with as family, because like friends come and go, but family is forever. So like Wes and I have worked together like brothers and just sort of, you know, we've had our ups and downs. I mean, we, we disagree uh, at, from time to time, but the common goal is to make good music and to make something we believe in. And that's what sort of kept things going. I mean, and sometimes we're both like, if we have something going on and just like, man, no, we just sort of lift each other up and, and everyone, I mean, everyone is very enthusiastic about what's going on and, and it really helps. I mean, internally in the band, especially, uh, so it, it helps keep moving forward and we love doing this. I mean, it's not like this is a chore. This is, this is fun performing, writing music. It's fun. The band first got its start at Kings Barcade, the old Kings yeah, in downtown absolutely. Raleigh. I guess, are you sort of repaying them back now for this? Or, or why why Kings? Why are you playing your release show there? Um, well, you know, the thing is, Kings gave us our first show. We played one. We played many of our shows there. When that was one of the venues, the only venues downtown. It, right. when, I, when Kings was there, when I moved into town in 99, 2000, nothing was downtown. And I don't mean to discredit any businesses that were down there because there were a few, but Fayetteville Street was a bricked-in mall. You didn't. You could only walk there, and you didn't go there. You know, there Slims was I think maybe called the Lakeside Lounge then. You might play a show there, but if you were a upcoming rock band, that was pretty much. It was like the Brewery and Kings, and they gave us shots and let us come back time and time again, and were always great to us. And uh, we, you know, they always would give us good opportunities and let us book our own shows, and it just felt like home, and it is home, and so. Uh, you know, we played one of the last shows before it was destroyed. In fact, we had pictures of things blowing up and bulldozers knocking things down at the, <laughs> one of the last shows. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the last show. That was a really crazy show. But it was one <laughs> of the last shows, like a week before they shut it down. They offered us some dates, and we sort of picked up on them, and it looked like it worked out great. So uh, we're really excited to be playing there. The new space sounds great, looks great. It's amazing. Uh, it's yeah. really good. I mean, it's it, it feels like Kings. It feels like home, so it, it makes sense our uh, – our third album release would be where we had our first album release because we released Guy Rojo there as well in 2000, January 2006. So.
doesn't seem to make much sense to me A dream worth living is never hard to understand The hand that you will tilt You showed us what you had It's your life and it's not much and no one knows It's your life Continuing on the trend with, you know, sort of looking back at a rooster for the masses here. Sure. What are some differences in, you, know, you talked about a little differences in the sound, mm-hmm. but how has a rooster for the masses evolved for that first show on December 31st, 2004? to now April 15th. You know, how, how has your band evolved from then to now? Well, I mean, like I said, we're not afraid to explore genres. Obviously, we get tighter we get used to things. We can cue off each other better. We've refined our songwriting process. I'd been in bands in the past, but not a lot of bands. So I could say personally, I'm less green at songwriting. Now it's it comes a lot easier. We definitely um, work together. It's a collaboration. That's one thing that hasn't changed. That's definitely been there. But uh, as far as sound-wise and evolution, I mean, we, we have. I don't know if anyone would say it was for the better or for worse. I think evolution-wise, it's just been we've been willing in, to take more risks and chances with sounds and songs. I found myself writing more personally. That's from my aspect. I couldn't really necessarily speak for the other guys. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, yeah. I guess the thing that I really want to say is that I feel like that it, with every song we're doing, it, it, we've evolved every time because it's a different, a different feel. I don't think we're ever trying to write the same song twice. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing is for sure. So. How do you keep those creative impulses alive? You know, every song to be different. How do you keep doing that? Is well, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think it's subconscious. I think the one thing that I know that I try to do is to to make something catchy and to have a hook. So that's one constant thing, not to lose track of that and to write something that's interesting to me. Sort of maybe think, would I listen to this? Would I enjoy this if I didn't write it? I think that's maybe a key to it. And I'm glad to hear that. It's been successful, I guess. <laughs> the other <laughs> folks like it. I mean, I guess that's a great thing. I mean, there's a selfish part of music. Uh, you know, you write it for yourself, you know, and I hope everyone else will like it. So uh, I think that hopefully answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> Taste. 
Rooster for the Masses. They're releasing their third album, No One Is Ready, April 15th at King's Barcade in downtown Raleigh. It's an all-ages show, $6 in advance, $8 at the door. Decoration Ghost, band out of Greensboro, North Carolina, is playing along with River City Ransom. It's going to be a great lineup for sure. We keep talking about the history here of A Rooster for the Masses, and it's, it's quite fascinating, but I think a lot of your songs have political messages and meanings behind them. Where does that come from? Is, is that a continuation onto this album as well? I don't know. I just always was sort of drawn to music having meaning as well as like feeling. And saying what you mean and meaning what you say, I guess, always took my songwriting approach as far as lyrically from the topical songwriting from a folk standpoint. So like Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie and those guys, that's always been a big thing for me is to say something that matters, not to detract from anyone, but I feel like that a lot of the best say love songs, which a lot of folks write about, like pining about somebody or something like that. I've already been written. I definitely want to say something that matters to me, matters to people. I feel like a lot of the songs are, if they're not personal or about something that's happened in my life, they're something in the world that has affected me, sort of like social studies for, uh, for music. So that's sort of what the approach I've always sort of taken is have something that's important to me and then write topically on it. Can you give some examples from No One Is Ready? So in the new album, uh, the first track, Scraps, I was completely disgusted personally by the whole Michael Vick thing that, that he's still able to play football. And, you know, everyone's had different things. I've argued with my buddy Dan from Gray Young about this a bunch, but, you know, he said he's paid his time. But uh, this Scraps is about Michael Vick and dogfighting, and that was the first song. Um, one of our other songs, Nada, is about Nada uh, was a girl who died in the Green Revolution in Iran, which right now seems a pretty appropriate thing to talk about with what's going on in Libya and Bahrain and Egypt with the more revolutions happening in the Middle East. Another song, uh, The Last Umpire, is about Prop 9 and gay marriage in California. At the Gates is a very personal song to me because it's locally pertinent, because it's about the Wake County School Board's uh, decision to totally disband the diversity policy in Wake County schools. I have a 15-month-old daughter, and I feel that like diversity is a good policy. The song is pretty heavily critical on the Wake County School Board. Those are just a few of the themes we sort of explored in this. There's a lot of others, but that's definitely a few of the main themes that we've explored in this album. When it comes to writing music, a lot of artists are afraid to get political because they feel that no matter how good their music is, whatever message they send, it might turn some people off from listening to that band. You're not afraid of that? You're not afraid of people not wanting to, to pay any attention to you or respect you guys because of that? It's definitely a risk. I mean, but the thing is, is it, there's just some famous person, and I'm not going to remember the name right now. I don't know what this quote is exactly, but if you do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing, no one will ever criticize you. So I've always felt that if I am who I am and I say who I am and I am that person, that if someone criticizes, oh, well. And, yeah, some people are going to be turned away. But you could write anything and people could be turned off by it. I don't know. I don't know how many people really listen to the words. I don't know. <laughs> I try not to be preachy. Just try to sort of throw things out there, maybe get people thinking, and maybe start a discussion. I know that this is my opinion. It's not necessarily the, which I mean, that's sort of everyone can voice that. And sometimes I don't even speak in my own voice when I'm singing these songs. I might be speaking from what I think is the other voice, the other side, an opposition voice. Uh, and sometimes a sarcastic way, which might turn some people off. But you know, the thing is, is that I found sort of, I don't know, my muse with this. And it definitely fits part of who I am. And so I express that. I hate that if anyone is is uh, is running away from it or is scared to do it. But this is just sort of where I'm coming from. 
You're three albums in now, Adam. Uh, you got quite a few songs under your belt. You know, even some songs that aren't recorded and released. What's your favorite? What's your favorite track? Wow, that's a good question. You know, it's like pick your favorite kid, you know, because, I mean, right now I have one, so that makes it really easy. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, there have been a lot of songs I'm really – I guess I'm, I'm proud of them all for sure. I mean, because it's – although each song may be three to six minutes long, depending on what song it is, maybe it's two and a half to five and a half minutes, the hours I put in each one, that's a really hard question. I mean, some sure. days I might like one song better than others because – you know, I don't really listen to the – once it's done, I don't really listen to my own music like that. I only listen to it when we practice it. So the hours and hours that you put into each song, it's a really hard question. Like some days I may be more in the mood to perform. So I guess when you hear a set list and it has certain songs in it, those are my favorite songs of that day, I guess, or of the, when we decided to write that set list. You know, there's there's some some of the new ones I really love because they're new and fresh and some of the – older ones that you might hear in a set occasionally, then obviously we like those because we have a choice because we've had, you know, a lot of songs in the, you know, 30 something songs plus on stuff that we might pull out of that we don't have never recorded that we may release as B sides one day. So I think I just sort of sidestepped that whole question because it's a hard <laughs> answer to really give you, but, uh, but, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's really hard to pick. I mean, yeah. if you asked our bass player, he would say code red without a doubt. That's his favorite song. He has no problem saying that. It's a very he popular wa- one. He wants to play that every day. He he's one, he's one of Scott was a was was a big fan of of ours before he joined the band, and uh, when he joined the band, all he wanted to do was play that song. He's all I wanted to do is play Code Red. So I will answer for Scott Rooker and say that Code Red. <laughs> well, that's definitely a good one, though. We do have to listen to this new album first before sure. we can make that assumption. Um, Adam, I want to thank you so much for coming in today for sure. this uh, local beat online mini exclusive. You can see A Rooster for the Masses performing at King's Barcade in downtown Raleigh, April 15, 2011. It's for the release of No One Is Ready, their third album. It's an all-ages show, $6 in advance, $8 at the door. Decoration goes to Band Out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and local favorites River City Ransom will also be playing. Adam, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for all you do for the local music scene. It's great. Hey, thank you. Really, seriously.